Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening this week. This is a place where I talk about my health journey and holistic nutrition and biohacking and wellness and all sorts of things like that that I am currently into. This is a big episode and I am super excited to be able to bring it to you. Before we jump in, I want to just do a quick shout out to this week's sponsors. First and foremost, by Optimizers. I love their magnesium. I use it every day. I actually take two every single night. I use their digestive enzymes, especially when I'm eating foods that I don't typically use or eat. And then I'm also taking their sleep supplement, which is a powder that you add to water about an hour before you go to bed. And it really just helps create melatonin in the body and more of like a calming effect. So those are the three, like my favorite products products from them. And I actually use them daily. So I love bioptimizers. They'll be linked in the show notes for you. Go check them out. And also a quick shout out to Silver Biotics. I talk about them a lot, but I actually took their supplement yesterday and today because I'm feeling slightly under the weather, just a little bit of phlegm and that type of thing. And silver, basically a colloidal silver and nano silver helps destroy and get rid of any bad bacteria in the body, viruses, microbes, anything like that. So it's super good for wiping out the bad guys, but keeping the good guys. And so that's why I took it. They also have a great toothpaste. They have a great gel, cream, all sorts of stuff like that. So that is Silver Biotics. I will link them in the show notes as well. And it's also on my website on my shop page. So I have discounts for both. So feel free to use them. Okay. So today's episode, I am so excited about this one. I have been thinking about doing a follow-up for quite some time to my original episode about healing my ovaries, my reproductive health, and my fertility. So if you're a new listener, I did an episode back in October talking about the different things that I was going to start doing to support my menstrual cycle and my reproductive health. And I will link that episode in the show notes for you to go back and listen to just because I think it would be helpful to kind of hear where I was at four or five months ago and kind of the reasons why I was starting to do things differently. And now I'm going to be reporting on my results and giving you some advice as well. So I, I've done a lot, but a lot of things have worked and a lot of things haven't worked. And today I'm going to go through three external biohacks that I have been using to really support my reproductive health and three internal ones. That's just kind of the language I'm using for this podcast episode. It will not be the language that I always use, but it's just kind of easy to explain it like that. So back in October, I was dealing with very long menstrual cycles. Like we're talking 45 days, 50 days, 55 days. And I was dealing with ovary pain, especially on my right side. And I was getting quite concerned in October because the pain was more frequent than normal. It was more intense than normal. Like if a scale was one to 10, let's say the pain was a seven and I was worried about it and it it was happening more frequently as well. And so at that point I was like, okay, I really need to crank it up a notch 
in terms of how I'm going to biohack my reproductive health. Like, what am I going to do differently than what I'm doing right now? Because obviously it's not working, right? Obviously my cycles are really long. They're irregular. Obviously I'm having ovarian pain. So something is going on here and I really need to work on this. As somebody who is not pregnant right now, but wants to be in the future, optimizing fertility is one of the most important things on my mind at this moment and will be until I'm done having kids one day. (laughs) So yeah, it was cause for concern back at that point in October. And that's kind of when I started this whole pregnancy prep journey, if you want to call it that. And I really just dug into how to do things differently. And I am so excited to be talking about what I've been doing with, with these different biohacks and, you know, healthy habits. But I, before I want to like actually dive into the very specific benefits of each, I just want to share my results. So I went from, like I said, 45, 50 day cycles to 38 36, 35, and 33 days. I have not had that many cycles with like that short, like it's not even that short, but shorter in the 30s range in years. So I came off of birth control in 2018. I was on an IUD. I was on the Marina IUD, which is a whole nother topic for another day. And I actually don't think I've had that short cycles since 2018. I was blown away by these results. (laughs) It's not that I didn't expect the results to happen. I was just, I guess I was just taken aback by how you can actually take responsibility for your health, make lifestyle changes and reap the rewards without prescription drugs, without surgical intervention. And I'm just so happy about it. And I'm just so proud because it took time to figure out what I was going to do. It took time to research what habits would make a difference in the health of my ovaries. And yeah, and and I'm just so happy to report that it actually worked. (laughs) It actually, actually worked. So not only did my cycles become shorter, I also significantly reduced the ovary pain that I was once dealing with. That like chronic pain, let's say like a level seven, level six has completely gone. I have not had any of that since probably October, November. The only type of pain that I get right now is around ovulation and maybe it's a, you know, one or two and I can just kind of feel that the ovulation is happening in my ovaries versus, you know, it happening random days of my cycle or that type of thing. So that's great that the pain has also gone down. The frequency has gone down, the quantity and the quality have gone down, which is exactly what I wanted. And my cycle has become shorter, which is also great. And just for everybody who really knows the ins and outs of the menstrual cycle. So we have two, it's actually four phases, but like two distinct phases, the follicular phase and the luteal phase. So my follicular phase was always longer, which is the first half of your cycle right before you ovulate. And my luteal phase has been 14 days always. 
So when I was looking at this and I was looking at this data, I was making sure that my luteal phase was continuing to be 14 days and wasn't becoming shorter because that's not great. Like it's not super great to have a shorter second half of your cycle that's under 14 days. But indeed it was my follicular phase that was actually becoming shorter, which is exactly what I wanted. And for just general purposes, I track my menstrual cycle through Natural Cycles app. I This is the temperature method. I take my temperature every morning, I put it into my phone and I track it through this app. And I've been doing that since I've been off birth control since 2018. So that's kind of like some information on that. I don't want to get into birth control in this episode because that is beyond the scope. And I really just want to get into what I did to optimize my fertility, my ovaries, my reproductive organs, my reproduction in general. And so let's dive in. Like I said, I am going to talk about three different biohacks, healthy habits for what I did externally on my body, and then three for what I did internally. This is not what like all everything that I did. Like I did more things and more supplements and different things like that above and beyond this, but it's just so much information. So I think I'm just going to keep to this amount for this podcast episode. Maybe I will do a part two because I think it's just going to get very long in the tooth. So if you want to take notes, go for it. If you have any questions about everything that I'm about to say, Message me on Instagram. That is where I am the most active. So I really like suggest that you contact me through there. You can also send me an email. That's fine as well. And stay tuned for a bunch of content coming about this. I can't say too much right now, but I feel like there really is a lack of information out there about optimizing fertility and for both men and women. And also not just about conceiving, but also like, how do we make the healthiest baby possible? Which is a very biohacker thing to think about is like, even for the couple that doesn't have any fertility issues whatsoever. Okay. How can we bring them together and create the healthiest baby possible? Like how can we create the healthiest pregnancy the healthiest conception, and it starts before conception. And so that's what I really want to see out in the world. And that's what I'm going to be putting out there is content about this. How do we optimize this? What does detoxing before conception look like? What does optimizing male fertility look like in terms of biohacks, healthy habits, exercise, supplements, diet, EMF, radiation, environment exposure, And then exactly the same with women. So again, I can't say too much about what is coming this year, but you can obviously hear how passionate I am about this. And so optimizing fertility, I think is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And I will be continuing to create content about it. If you have ideas of content or information you would like to see or hear from me, please message me on Instagram. I would love to chat to you about this. But without further ado, let's jump in. Okay, here we go. So first and foremost, castor oil packs. 
So we're doing external biohacks, healthy habits first. I wrote out a bunch of benefits for each. I'm going to explain how to do them. It's going to be all here for you. So without, you know, really getting into the weeds, I just want to say there is limited scientific evidence for some of these things, some of these biohacks. However, does not mean that it doesn't work and it does not mean that you should not try them. And it does not mean that people aren't researching it right now and the research will be coming out. So that is my mini disclaimer. So castor oil packs, some natural health practitioners and holistic medicine experts believe that castor oil packs may have benefits for women's health, including reproductive health. Some potential benefits of castor oil packs for female reproductive health may include, number one, reducing inflammation. Castor oil has anti-inflammatory properties, which may help to reduce inflammation in the reproductive organs. Number two, supporting hormonal balance. Castor oil contains ricinoleic acid, I think that's how you say it, which may help to balance hormones in the body. This can be particularly beneficial for women who are experiencing hormonal imbalances or menstrual irregularities. Number three, relieving pain. Castor oil packs may help to relieve pain and discomfort associated with menstrual cramps or other reproductive health issues. Number four, supporting detoxification. Castor oil packs may help to support detoxification and eliminate toxins from the body. This can be beneficial for women who are experiencing reproductive health issues related to toxicity or environmental exposure. So if you are interested in using a castor oil pack to support your reproductive health, it's important to follow the specific step-by-step guide and instructions on how to actually do it. So I'm going to walk you through the steps on how to do it. Number one, Purchase high-quality castor oil and a piece of soft, clean cloth or flannel. You can cut the cloth into a size that will fit over your lower abdomen. I don't personally do this. I just fold it until it's the correct size. So you can warm the bottle, the castor oil, slightly by placing the bottle in a bowl of warm water for a few minutes. This will help to make the oil more easily absorbed in the skin. Lie down in a comfortable position and apply a generous amount of castor oil to the cloth. The cloth should be thoroughly saturated, but not dripping. So I know a lot of people talk about like saturating the cloth. You can also just put it directly onto your skin and then put the cloth on top, depending on what you think works best for you. Number four, place the cloth over your lower abdomen, covering the reproductive organs. So obviously you have to have like your underwear and pants pulled down for this because it has to go right on top of your reproductive organs, like where your ovaries are. You may also wish to cover the pack with plastic wrap to prevent any oil from leaking. Number five, place a hot water bottle or heating pad over the pack and relax for 30 to 60 minutes. You can also cover yourself with a warm blanket to help retain the heat. And number six, after the treatment, remove the pack and wash the area with a gentle soap and warm water. Store the cloth in a sealed plastic bag for future use. So this is exactly kind of how I do it. I will typically, basically exactly that, like put the oil on the cloth, put the cloth on my body, sit down on the couch, put the hot water bottle right on top of the cloth, and then put a blanket on top of me for about 30 to 60 minutes. And 
it's really warm. It's really soothing and very calming. I, when I was first going through, you know, this ovary pain and irregular cycle, I was doing a castor oil pack probably daily. And then as things got better, it went from daily to every other day and then to a couple times a week and then just once a week. Now at this point where I'm at in my journey, I will only do castor oil packs when I have ovarian pain just because of some of the benefits that I explained earlier, right? So it helps to relieve the pain and discomfort associated with menstrual cramps and issues like that. So that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. However, if I was experiencing some of my symptoms coming back, I would definitely increase the use again. I would say castor oil packs are great because the, you know, to be able to do this, it's pretty easy. Most people have proper cloths at home. You just have to buy the castor oil. And I think most women (laughs) tend to have a hot water bottle or a heating pad. So you can just easily use that. Next up is red light therapy. Wow. So this one I have a lot to say about. This is a more advanced biohack for fertility and for your ovaries and reproductive health, mostly because not everybody has red light therapy devices. They can be kind of expensive and actually hard to find. So depending on where you live in the world. So this is a bit more advanced than a castor oil pack. I would probably start at the castor oil pack and then I would add in red light therapy if you already have a device or if you are like, I want to go right now. I'm really (laughs) keen on this fertility biohacking. Let's go for it. I would suggest you can, you know, do both. So reproductive red light therapy can definitely support women's reproductive health and men's as well, but that is not what we're talking about today. So let's dive in. So red light therapy involves using low level red light to stimulate the production of ATP, which is the main source of energy for our cells. This can promote healing and rejuvenation in the body, including the reproductive organs. Some potential benefits of red light therapy for female reproductive health may include number one, increasing blood flow. Red light therapy may help to increase blood flow to the reproductive organs, which can promote healing and reduce inflammation. Number two, reducing pain. Red light therapy has been shown to have pain relieving effects, which can be beneficial for women who are experiencing menstrual cramps or other reproductive health issues. Number three, improving hormonal balance. Red light therapy may be may help to balance hormones in the body, which can be particularly beneficial for women who are experiencing hormonal imbalances or menstrual irregularities. And number four, supporting healthy tissue growth. Red light therapy can promote the growth of new healthy tissue, which can be beneficial for women who are experiencing reproductive health issues related to tissue damage or scarring. So Based on those like common benefits of red light therapy and how it's applicable to the reproductive organs for females, you can see that it's not only going to help women who have irregular periods or irregular menstruation or pain, it's also going to help women who have maybe had a tough childbirth or maybe are dealing with things like endometriosis, anything that has to do with tissue damage down there or scarring. So I really encourage you to further research what red light therapy may may be able to do 
when it's used directly on your ovaries and, you know, your reproductive organs as a female. It's also important, though, that we talk about the mitochondria with red light therapy. So red light therapy, a lot of people talk about the mitochondria, but how does that actually impact the ovaries? Well, the ovaries are the most mitochondria-dense organ in the female and male body with roughly 100,000 mitochondria per cell. That is a ton of mitochondria. That is a ton. And so when we look at the benefits of red light therapy for mitochondria, it very much applies to the ovaries because of that reason. So red light therapy is thought to work by stimulating the production of ATP in mitochondria. The light is absorbed by a molecule called cytochrome C oxidase, or known as CCO, within the mitochondria, which triggers a cascade of biochemical reactions that ultimately leads to an increase in ATP production. This increase in ATP production can lead to a range of benefits, including improved energy metabolism, enhanced cell function and repair, and reduced inflammation. Additionally, red light therapy has been shown to increase the expression of genes that are involved in mitochondrial biogenesis, which is the process by which new mitochondria are created, which can improve the overall health and function of mitochondria. So it's, I mean, obviously, like these benefits speak for themselves. There is somewhat limited research on how red light therapy specifically benefits mitochondria in the ovaries. However, it is known that the ovaries are highly metabolically active organs that rely on a healthy mitochondrial function for their proper functioning. So there's, there is a tie there, absolutely. Red light therapy has been shown to increase ATP production in cells and tissues, and this increase in energy production may benefit the ovaries as well. A study published in the journal Lasers in Medical Science found that red light therapy increased ATP production in rat ovaries and improved ovarian function. The study authors suggested that the therapy may have potential as a non-invasive treatment for female infertility. In addition to its effects on ATP production, red light therapy has been shown to reduce oxidative stress and inflammation, which can damage mitochondria and impair their function. Red light therapy may also increase the expression of genes involved in mitochondrial biogenesis, which we already talked about. So you can see here, like it's a non-invasive therapy. It very much impacts the ovaries in many different ways. So not only does it support, you know, ATP production and mitochondria, there's also other benefits like it increases blood flow, it reduces pain, it improves hormonal balance, and it supports healthy tissue growth. So I think red light therapy is fantastic. And I think we're only going to see research in this space continue to grow. I have multiple red light therapy devices, and I think the easiest one for this would be the FlexBeam. They're linked on my website. I don't necessarily work with them directly, but this is the device that I used on my ovaries. And it's essentially a set of red lights linked together that you can directly put on your body compared to a red light panel that you would have to stand in front of in your bathroom or something like that. So the way that I was doing this was 
and I still am, was I'd lie on the couch, again, no underwear, no pants or anything like that, or just pull them down and put this directly across my ovaries. There's three big lights. So it was honestly like the perfect size. And I would put it on for 30 minutes. And I think I was doing this daily for a while. And then again, every other day. And then when symptoms got better, once a week. And now it's kind of something that I go back to when I need it. I think a great place to start if you're having... I think that if you are planning to conceive in the next year or having irregular menstrual cycles, if you have PCOS, if you have endometriosis, if you have any type of concern around your fertility and reproductive organs as a woman, I think a great place to start would be every other day doing the castor oil packs. And then the days that you're not doing that, I would do the red light therapy. I think that's fantastic. I think you're going to see results within six weeks of doing that because it is really, really targeting the ovaries and supporting them directly through doing that type of mechanism. So that's that's what I would suggest. After the end of year work obligations and holiday family fun, it's easy to start the new year stressed, worn out, and lacking motivation. And honestly, I actually really do feel that right now, which is definitely not the way you want to start the new year. So if you're feeling like you need a holiday from the holidays, oh my gosh, again, I feel that. I have the perfect solution for you. Do yourself a favor and start taking magnesium breakthrough every night before you go to bed. Why? Because stress depletes your magnesium levels and magnesium is critical for getting deep and restorative sleep. The reason magnesium breakthrough is so effective is because it's the only organic full spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium all in each pill. That's wild. Yes, you heard me right. Most magnesium supplements fail because they are synthetic and only contain one or two forms of magnesium, which is simply not enough. When you get all seven critical forms of magnesium, that's when the magic happens. Pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded from your sleep to your brain, from stress to pain and inflammation. Even better, by making magnesium breakthrough part of your daily routine, you'll be fully rested, recharged, and ready to crush all your New Year's resolutions. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, you can go to magbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbrittany. In addition to the 10% discount you get by using my discount code, which is biohackingbrittany, you will unlock a special gift with purchase for a very limited time only. So go, go right now. That is magbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbrittany now and get your gift. That is linked in my show notes and use the discount code biohackingbrittany and for 10% off and also a special gift which we all love, especially in the new year. So this is my favorite magnesium. I take it every single night and I probably will always take it because the benefits are just so fantastic. My third and final external biohack is acupuncture. Now, I did acupuncture once, like, I don't know, seven years ago, and I didn't go back. And I started doing acupuncture weekly in October. And it's completely out of pocket. I didn't have any health coverage for it. I paid for it. And it would it was about an hour I was going every Tuesday. I now go every other week. 
I'm probably going to only go once a month moving forward. But I knew that there was a lot of research on acupuncture and fertility. I knew that, again, what I was doing wasn't working and I knew I had to try different things. And that's where acupuncture came into play. I also wanted to not only rely on myself for healing, but also bring in a team of healthcare practitioners that I believed in, that I supported, and that I knew would help help me on my journey. I haven't had the best experience with experience with gynecologists or OBGYNs. And so that just wasn't even something that I was going to think about. And so acupuncture was one of an acupuncturist. And she's also a TCM doctor, which is a traditional Chinese medicine, was somebody I wanted to bring on. And the woman that I use in Vancouver, she specializes in fertility. So she helps women Get, like in labor, she helps women get pregnant. She helps males with fertility. Like it was a very, very intentional going to see her because I knew she knew what she knew what she was doing essentially. So I was very new to acupuncture, and I was really excited to give it a go. Essentially, so let's chat about it. Let's talk about it. So acupuncture is a form of traditional Chinese medicine that involves inserting thin needles into specific points on the body. It has been used for thousands of years to treat a wide range of health conditions, including female reproductive issues. Acupuncture is believed to benefit female reproduction in several ways. Number one, regulating hormones. Acupuncture has been shown to regulate the level of hormones that are important for female reproduction, including estrogen, progesterone, and luteinizing hormone. By balancing these hormones, acupuncture may improve fertility and reproductive health. Number two, improving blood flow. Acupuncture has been shown to increase blood flow to the uterus and ovaries. This increased blood flow can help to nourish the reproductive organs and improve their function. Number three, it helps reduce stress. Stress can have a negative impact on reproductive health, as we all know. (laughs) And acupuncture has been shown to reduce stress and anxiety. By reducing stress, acupuncture may improve fertility and reproductive health. And number four, supporting assisted reproductive technologies known as ART. Acupuncture is often used in conjunction with ART, such as IVF, to improve the success rates of these procedures. Acupuncture may improve the quality of the uterine lining, increase blood flow to the uteries, ovaries, wow, (laughs) and reduce stress, all of which can improve the chances of a successful pregnancy. Overall, acupuncture is believed to benefit female reproduction by regulating hormones, improving blood flow, reducing stress, and supporting art. While more research is needed to fully understand the mechanisms behind its benefits, acupuncture is a safe and non-invasive therapy that may hold promise as a complementary treatment for female reproductive issues. So again, all of these are very non-invasive, right? Red light therapy, castor oil packs, acupuncture, they're all non-invasive. They're all external things that you're doing on top of your body, like physically to your body. And this is exactly what I did. So I was doing castor oil packs daily, red light therapy daily, acupuncture weekly, because I knew that I had to target this problem from multiple angles. And 
I knew that switching up my diet wasn't going to be enough. It wasn't going to be enough to, you know, not drink alcohol or like some sort of simple healthy habit. I I knew I had to go above and beyond and really like biohack my cycle through this. So these are, I would say these three external biohacks and healthy habits really made probably the biggest difference for me. This again, there's other things that I did that I just don't want to get into on this episode, like fitness and exercise and cycle syncing and stuff like that, because it's just too long. (laughs) But I really suggest you look into the three of these if you are going through some of the things that we've talked about. Okay, now we are going to talk about internal. So internal, I'm talking about things that I have taken internally, supplements, food, diet, things like that. And I just kind of like split them up like this because I think it's easiest to understand and I I really want to dive into them. So I typically follow, the first and foremost one is diet and nutrition. I typically follow the paleo diet and I have been following the paleo diet for, my gosh, since I was a teenager. It's always kind of been like 80%, you know, out of 100 Meaning like I would still have alcohol, I would still have dessert here and there, I would still have like dairy sometimes, and just wasn't super concerned about it, that other 20%. But then when I was having these issues, I really rethought about that. After the summer, I starting September, I, I went sober. I didn't drink from September to December. So September, October, November, I was sober and I drank alcohol over the holidays And now I'm sober again, actually. So I haven't had any alcohol since New Year's and I won't until March. So I'm taking January, February, and I guess a little bit of March off because I just think alcohol is not great. (laughs) As much as I like drinking and as much as I went through a party phase, I don't see it. I don't see it being beneficial. Yeah. Podcast for another time. I don't want to get into the different perspectives on alcohol, but you know, when I was having these issues in October, and it wasn't just October, right? Like it was kind of last summer, but it was October when I was like, holy, I need to do something about this. Like I'm going to crank it up a notch. And that's when I basically went into paleo diet hundred percent. So for those who don't know the paleo diet, also known as the paleolithic or caveman diet is based on the idea of eating foods that our hunter gatherer ancestors would have eaten during that era. The diet typically includes meat, fish, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, while avoiding processed food, dairy, grains, and legumes. I would also add in there that it avoids sugar. So it's a very clean diet. It's a very whole diet. It's very much based on real foods, not processed foods, not necessarily factory, industrially made foods. And it's probably one of the most nutrient-dense diets out there, in my personal opinion. So how does this tie into female reproductive health? So there's definitely benefits for it, and let's get into them. Number one, improves insulin sensitivity. This is super important. So the paleo diet is low in carbohydrates and high in protein, which can improve insulin sensitivity and blood sugar control. This can be particularly beneficial for women with PCOS, a common reproductive disorder that is often associated with insulin resistance. 
So the important thing to note here is that paleo is not low carb. It's not zero carb. At least the way that I practice paleo is not like that. I very much have my fruit, not a lot, but my fruit, sweet potatoes, yams, squash, you know, more carby starch vegetables. And it is high in protein, right? So you are getting in eggs, animal proteins throughout the day. And I think this is super important. And it does help with obviously improving insulin sensitivity because you're taking out processed food, you're taking out alcohol, you're taking out, you know, sugar, these things that our body like really struggles to metabolize and also regulate our blood sugar levels afterwards, right? And so it's really, really clean in that way. And I know like some people don't like to say clean diet versus not clean, but it's kind of hard to describe it without using those types of words. So that's the first one. The second one is reducing inflammation. The paleo diet is rich in anti-inflammatory foods such as fruits, vegetables, and omega-3 fatty acids from fish and nuts. Chronic inflammation can impair female reproductive function and reducing inflammation may improve fertility and reproductive health. This is super important. So I eat a lot of nuts. I don't know why I'm laughing. I eat a lot of nut butter. I actually, on my computer right now in front of me, I have a macadamia nut butter recipe that I'm about to make this afternoon because I'm so tired of buying expensive nut butter that I'm going to try and make it myself. And it's obviously high in omega-3s and healthy fatty acids in general. Chronic inflammation is important. I have had my chronic inflammation tested now let's talk about this. So I get my blood tested through Inside Tracker. They come to my house, they do it for me. I don't have to do anything. Uh, you fast the night before and they do it. And one of the biomarkers that they test for is inflammation. I think it's called C-reactive protein test. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And so what's interesting is that when I, I had my blood tested in August, and it was the first time that I had inflammation in my body come up on that test. Mind you, <laughs> I was tested a week after I had COVID. So that definitely played into that test, but it, it was still concerning. And so it is helpful if you get tested because you can kind of see your inflammation levels. And I really, really suggest running labs. This again, podcast for another time. I think if you are on your fertility journey and you are on your female health healing journey, how are you going to know how well you're healing if you don't get tested? So get tested. I have codes with Inside Tracker. Obviously they're linked on my website. Go for it. It's easily the best one, easily the best one. If you're in the US or Canada, which most of you are, they come to your house. Or you can also go to a lab and do it, but it's really easy. They just come to your house and do it. So check them out for sure and get your inflammation levels tested. Oh, and I will say just on one more note about that. When I did a follow-up test, I think it was in, I did it before I started drinking because I wanted to check my inflammation did go down from August to December through all of these different things that I did. So I do have a track record of success of these as well. Okay, number three. Providing essential nutrients. The paleo diet is rich in nutrients that are important for reproductive health, including zinc, iron, and vitamin D. 
These nutrients play a crucial role in hormone regulation, ovulation, and fetal development. This is really important, right? Like I know there's a bunch of people who are vegan and vegetarian or pescatarian. I guess pescatarian is somewhat better. I, as much as I understand where you're coming from environmentally, potentially, I just don't think that type of way of eating is the best for fertility. I think that the paleo diet and the Western A-Price diet is probably the most nutrient-dense diets out there that support reproductive health for men and women, and that is what I promote and will always follow myself and talk about in the future, just because of these reasons, right? High in zinc, high in iron, high in vitamin D. You're not getting those things from vegetables. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not really. You're getting those things from like eggs, meat, right? Like animal protein. So it's important to really keep that in mind when you're choosing what and how you should be eating. And last but not least, supporting a healthy weight. The paleo diet is low in processed foods like we talked about and high in nutrient-dense foods, which can help to support a healthy weight. Maintaining a healthy weight is important for female reproductive health as being underweight or overweight can impair fertility and increase the risk of pregnancy complications. I mean, obviously there's more research that needs to happen, but it is a whole foods-based approach to eating that may be a good option for women looking to optimize their fertility and reproductive health. I think, like I said, and I've like really gone into depth with this one, I think this is one of the healthiest diets that you can follow, especially for your hormones and fertility and reproduction. I kid you not when I say that I use the mineral silver every single day. I love to sauna just like a typical biohacker and I love to go to the steam room and I am very concerned about the bacteria in some of these places. I have kind of been dealing with this rash on my legs that kind of comes and goes. I've you know, talked about this on my podcast before. And silver actually helps so much with this because it breaks down and kills any bad bacteria, viruses, microbes, anything on the surface. I use the cream and the gel from Silver Biotics to help my skin for this very reason. But it's not just for rashes. People use silver for ear infections, um, taking it as a supplement, using it as a mouthwash, using it for toe fungus, anything like that, where there's like some bad microbes that need to basically be, you know, died and killed off in order for the other ones, the good ones to survive. So that's what silver does. I love taking it and I honestly use it every single day. Silver Biotics also makes a fantastic supplement, liquid supplement, where you can take a teaspoon to a tablespoon a day and it really boosts your immune system in this way. Make sure you check them out. They are linked on the shop page on my website at biohackingbrittany.com and use my discount code with them, biohackingbrittany, to get a discount on all of their products, the cream, the gel. They also have a toothpaste, the supplement, all of it. That is linked on my website and in the show notes of this podcast. And my discount code is biohackingbrittany. Number two, so now we're going to get into two different supplements. Please, 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 before I talk about these supplements, listen to everything else I have said. The biohacks, the healthy habits, 
the healthcare practitioners, the diet. We can't just take a supplement and expect miracles. We can't just take a supplement and expect your cycle to suddenly be regular or you suddenly to be the most fertile person on the planet or for your PCOS or endometriosis to go away. Like it just doesn't work like that. And we really need to take a holistic approach in order to heal from the inside out and heal from the root cause. So the first supplement is called myo-inosotil. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but that's how I'm going to say it. So myo-inosotil maybe is a type of sugar alcohol that is naturally present in the body and found in certain foods such as fruits, beans, and grains. So just from that very definition, you can hear that it's from fruits, beans, and grains. As somebody who's paleo, I don't eat beans or grains, so it's only fruits. So it's actually super important that I take it as a supplement. It has been shown to have a number of benefits for female reproduction, particularly for women with PCOS, a common reproductive disorder. So here's some benefits. Number one, regulating insulin. Myo-inosotil, wow. <laughs> has been shown to improve insulin sensitivity and regulate blood sugar levels. This is particularly important for women with PCOS who often have insulin resistance and higher levels of insulin in their blood. Number two, improving ovarian function. Myo-inositol has been shown to improve ovarian function by promoting follicular development, increasing oocyte quality, I don't think I'm saying that right, and regulating menstrual cycles. This can improve fertility and increase the chances of successful pregnancy. Number three, reducing inflammation. It has anti-inflammatory properties, which can reduce the inflammation that can impair reproductive function. Number four, reduce androgens. It has been shown to reduce levels of androgens such as testosterone, which are often elevated in women with PCOS. And this can improve reproductive function and reduce symptoms such as acne and excessive hair growth. Number five, it supports ART, which is assisted reproductive technologies. We briefly talked about this, but yeah, you can take it with ART such as IVF and to improve the success of this. So obviously there's more research needed, but it has been shown to support female reproductive health through these different mechanisms and in multiple, multiple ways. Last but not least is spermidine supplements. So I have definitely talked about spermidine on here. I use spermidine from the company called Spermidine Life. This is a fantastic supplement, not only for reproductive health, but also for hair and nails and skin. So I love it. It's very holistic. I will link them in the show notes if you also want to get this supplement for your female health journey. Okay. Spermidine is a naturally occurring polyamine that is found in all living cells, including those in the female reproductive system. It has been shown to have a number of benefits for overall health, and recent research suggests that it may also have a positive impact on female reproductive health. Here are some benefits. Number one, supporting oocyte quality. I don't think I'm saying that right. Spermidine has been shown to improve this quality by promoting autophagy, a process in which cells break down and recycle their own components. This can help to improve damage or abnormal components in these cells and promote overall health and quality. 
Number two, reducing oxidative stress. Spermidine has antioxidant properties, which can help to reduce oxidative stress in the body. This is particularly important for female reproductive health, as oxidative stress can impair fertility and increase the risk of pregnancy complications. So that's actually super important. Number three, regulating gene expression. Spermidine has been shown to regulate gene expression in the female reproductive system, particularly in the ovaries. This can help to promote healthy ovarian function and improve fertility. And number four, promotes longevity. Spermidine has been shown to promote longevity in a number of organisms, including mice and fruit flies. While more research is needed to fully understand its mechanisms of action, it is possible that spermidine may also have anti-aging benefits for female reproductive health. So again, while more research is needed, spermidine is a natural compound that may be beneficial for women looking to optimize their reproductive health because of the direct impact that it has on our gene expression, reducing oxidative stress, promoting longevity, and supporting the quality of our cells and supporting mitochondria as well. I think that, yeah, I think it's important to supplement wise. I think it's important to take a really great prenatal. However, I think that it's limited. I think people think that they can take a prenatal and call it a day. And I personally don't believe that. It's almost like the same mentality people have of taking like a multivitamin, like a one a day. Like you're going to take this supplement that has everything you need in one pill or two pills, and then you're good to go. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think when the original idea of multivitamins came out, potentially it could have somewhat been helpful at that point. Where we're at today with the current environment that we all live in, the poor quality of food that we have, the toxins in our water, in our air, in the clothes that we wear, I don't think a multivitamin is great. I think you need specific supplements that are targeted to what you are dealing with, your age, your gender, where you live, I also think it's important to get tested and understand what you're lacking and what you need to be taking. So like these, these two that I just mentioned, these are very specific. Like these are very intentionally taken to support my ovaries and the cells in my ovaries and my overall reproductive health. And there's other ones as well, but again, didn't want to get into them. So those are my three internal ones. Just to review, the first one is following a paleo diet. I also think if you follow a Western A-price diet, I think that would be great too. The second is the myo and acetyl supplement. And the third is the spermidine supplement. And in conjunction with acupuncture, castor oil packs, and red light therapy, wow, like that is, that's like a dangerous combo. Like you're going to have some serious success because not like you're targeting your ovaries directly from the outside, you're targeting your nutrition from the inside, you're targeting your cellular and mitochondrial function through supplements. Like you're really doing like a full 360 holistic approach in order to encourage healthier fertility, healthier menstrual cycles, reducing the symptoms or reducing PCOS, endometriosis, these different things. So yeah, I think it's good. I I think it's a good start. I really do think it's a good start. And I'm so curious to hear your 
questions and thoughts. Because again, the first time I did this episode, I got so many downloads and I got so many people asking questions about it. So I'm really excited to give you an update on this. And I'm really just happy to be able to tell you that my cycle has been reduced. My pain has been reduced. Some of the other symptoms that I was dealing with have been reduced. So I'm going to create a bunch of content about this. I'm going to create some really exciting things coming in the fall about this because I think this is like my bread and butter (laughs) is optimizing female health and optimizing fertility. And then in the future, like, of course, it'll go into pregnancy and babies and children as well. You know, like how do we create the healthiest children when they're, when we've had them beyond, beyond just like a baby and like, you know, starting solids and that type of thing, but also just like kids in general, like how do you keep a kid healthy these days? Like, I just feel like that is a massive challenge in itself. And I think the parents and the moms can really, really support with that. So thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope you took some notes and let me know if you have any questions because I'm here for you. And maybe I'll do another follow-up in another three or four months about this. I'm sure I will as I continue this journey and continue yeah, biohacking my fertility and optimizing my fertility. So stick around for another episode coming next week. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, please do so at biohackingbrittany. I'm also on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, basically everything. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, I guess it's called Google Play. I don't even know who uses that, but sure. So message me and I would love to hear what you think about all of this and catch you next week for another episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.